Hello and welcome to episode 183 of the Red Bus Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. I'm your host, Joel Phelan. And we're back to what we do best this week as we review the latest DC Extended Universe film, Suicide Squad, as well as our top five Jared Leto movies. Yeah, so this one was a movie that you... Did you have this in the fall box office draft? I mean, summer box office draft? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I mean, definitely... Was either you or Casey, I can't remember, but either way, it was definitely a highly sought-after, high variable. I think it was one that people had a lot of hope for, but certainly was not a slam dunk. But it did... Uh. But it did go on to make yeah made seven hundred fifty million worldwide on a hundred and seventy five million budget. So I think it was definitely a success on that front. Probably did better for their bottom line than Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, but it did have a twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty terrible. Yeah, it seemed like it was the movie people like loved to hate. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's a movie we talked about the trailer for, and I think we both said it looked pretty good, at least from what I remember thinking. I remember, like, definitely looking forward to it more than Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, definitely. It seemed like it had a more fun vibe to it, just kind of carefree. I like the director. Um, yeah, I was definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, the actors looked good. Yeah, Harley Quinn, Will Smith. I mean, Harley Quinn's a character and Will Smith's an actor, but you get my point. <laughs> David Ayer was the director, but uh, before we get into it, speaking of box office drafts, we got to update the fall box office draft. It's been a little oh, bit man. since we have. First place, I mean, we're recording this probably a week before the next update, which will be out, so this could change, but right now, as of November 22nd, Joel Fallon is in first place. Yeah. Strictly behind the force of Doctor Strange. Because it has made $571 million worldwide Ooh. already. Uh, with a high Rotten Tomatoes score. So its profit's already over $200 million. And you have three other movies out that are all in the negative. <laughs> <laughs> but your overall profits are $180 million. Next up, in second place... It's friend of the show, Edgar Chaput, and Oakland Raiders fan. First place, Oakland Raiders fan, Edgar Chaput. Uh, I think he's still in the best position overall because all of his movies are either in the profit zone or are going to be very soon. Sully made a solid $55 million profit for him. Blair Witch is just over the line at like $12 million, thanks to a low budget. Arrival, his newest one. Um, is a little bit in the red, but should pass. It's made $54 million on a $47 million budget so far with a high rot tomato score. Manchester by the Sea expands very soon, either this week or next, and it seems like it's... It's rotten tomato score is so good that it almost doesn't matter what it does. It's going to do yeah. okay. Not going to be a lost leader. And then he's got, of course, Star Wars, Rogue One. Ooh. Which, it's really, I think it's going to come down to that. 
Like, how good does that do? If it does, obviously, if it goes anywhere near what uh, Episode 7 did, then he's got this in the bag. But you're holding out hope. And then here I am. I'm not liking my position as much anymore. I, I'm i in last place. I'm in a negative 32 million right now. Magnificent 7 just stopped making money. It's going to be in the negative. Um, a little oh, how well that opened it, but I'm not making money. Yeah, I really was surprised how quickly that died off. Um, but yeah, it's it's made 160 million, but a 90 million dollar budget that leaves me seven million in the hole. Trolls doing fairly well. It's going to make money. It already is. It has a 125 million dollar budget. It's made over 250 million so far, and that will grow. Plus, I have Mona or Moana coming out hopefully that's huge because fantastic beasts and where to find them a little disappointing it only made about 220 million dollars in its opening weekend worldwide which obviously that's a lot of money but i think yeah. that's that's I think that's the lowest of any harry potter franchise film and it's got a 180 million dollar budget so yeah uh hopefully that just has legs because i was really counting on that movie because they're only uh, Moana is. I feel like they timed me. the hype for this movie really poorly. Yeah, I feel like I heard more about the movie like a month or so ago. Yeah, that's true. For release, but yeah, I don't know. Could just be me. Yeah, I'm. I shit the bed again. What can I say? <laughs> uh, maybe next time. Maybe next time. But yeah, let's get to Suicide Squad, which. IMDb tells me is about a secret government agency that recruits some of the most dangerous incarcerated supervillains to form a defensive task force. Their first mission, save the world from the apocalypse. That's all. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so straight up. really what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Um, yeah, so Amanda Waller, played by Vi- Viola Davis, She is a government agent who talks the government into letting her recruit the biggest and baddest super villains in prison to form a team where they can do all the dirty work without having to worry about what happens to them. If they die, they die. They're already incarcerated. They're already in jail. Whatever. (laughs) But the way that they go about it is like... She says, "Here's a. It's like a trailer, the whole way through." Yeah. Says, "Here's the next person," and then cut to like a two or three minute scene that's just introducing them and what they're all about. And yeah, is very odd, at least in the first half an hour or so. It's a strange movie in general. Yeah, like I had heard that they actually got. A tra- uh, company that specializes in putting trailers together to edit the entire movie together, and I didn't even need to know that to know that. Yeah, <laughs> like agree. the entire movie, it feels like the cuts are so random and quick, and I don't know. Like it's so weirdly edited, where it's jumping around and it's like trailers being spliced together almost. To form two hours. Oh, you can definitely like feel it in the end. Yeah, yeah, and with well, there's freaking a pop song behind every second of the movie. It seems like 
But yeah. even if they did it right, like, it's not really supported by that strong of a story in the first place. Like, Yeah, that's true. I don't mind the acting. Like, I don't mind most of the characters as individual characters. But it was just like a... Uh, it's more of like a really expensive, like, cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Like, movie. I don't know. It wasn't really even about the movie. It was just more about seeing those people be those characters. Yeah, that is a very good point. And straight up, sucks. straight up, this movie sucked. I mean, it's hardly a movie at times. But the, the weirdest part about it is... It's clearly a worse movie than Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, which I think we all gave bad review to. But so it's like because of the weirdness and the way that it's put together, it was easier for me to watch. Like I had an easier yeah. time sitting through the runtime of this movie, even though it was worse, just because Batman vs Superman had such long stretches of like nothing and complete boringness. At least this was. Uh, lively or you know was going for something i guess well for me i think the saving grace of it was i did like a handful of the characters like i said individually so i guess i was like i sort of liked the concept enough that i was like i like these people playing these people see this working in something else like for the easy one to say is, like, Harley Quinn or the Joker. Yeah. He actually did, like, an R-rated one of that. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like... liked Katana, but she's not in the movie, barely, at all. <laughs> and it's so arbitrary. Like, shows up out of nowhere, this is Katana. She'll kill you. <laughs> like, And then she's barely there the whole time. Yeah, she was cool. She reminded me of the character from Sin City. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Will Smith the most. I actually thought like that character is super cliched and and pretty much a shell of what it could be, but I thought his performance, though, was really good. This is actually like... Yeah, I gotta agree. He's one of the characters I like more as well. It's like... I I did not like the movie Hancock very much, and no, me either. but again he I thought his performance was solid in that. But this this was actually like I thought he gave it his all, which is not always something you can say about Will Smith. And as far as Harley Quinn, she had highs and lows for me. She got on my nerves more than I thought she would. But I do think I still like the character. In general, and I think she plays it well. I just don't think they used her the best here. Yeah, I gotta agree. Uh, most of the time, she's actually walking around with the squad. She's kind of obnoxious. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because... When the trailer came out, and people loved it. And, it, you know, the trailer was like... All these... The music in the background. Like, you thought that was just to give you a sense of what the movie was going to be like not really your case no. they literally just took that and put it right into the movie uh, but I don't know it seemed like all the stuff that was supposed to be iconic for her was you already saw it 
And look, of course, she's an attractive young woman, but so gratuitous with over-sexualizing her. It was just noticeable. It was kind of weird. And I hated the Joker. <laughs> Did you? I absolutely hated Jared Leto's Joker. Joker. I liked him, but I just thought they kind of just snuck him in the movie. I think if they actually did a movie that was more centered on him, he'd be... I liked, like, his his emotional range, like, just his facial expressions. It goes from, like, really angry to smiling. I think it's really creepy. Yeah, I don't... Maybe... Yeah, I think maybe if he was, like, the center point, he was the actual villain of the movie, or in it a lot more, I would, like, appreciate what they were going for better, but... As is, he's just so all over the place, and obviously I know that the Joker is supposed to be all over the place, but I mean just like, yeah. I, I don't know, I it just felt so put upon, like this is, I could just see right through it almost, I feel like, just Jared Leto trying so hard, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I mean... He could have been lying, but he did say that it seemed like he was going to be in the movie more than he was shooting it, but who knows. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't like the whole gangster thing they were going for and how he was almost too earnest and, I don't know, I just, I hated the Joker. And I, I kind of liked the gangster thing because I think it's like a more I just don't, modern way of making him make sense. I don't know. Maybe I just the whole henchman thing and stuff. But yeah, maybe it was more the performance that I didn't like. I don't think Leto pulled it off. I think he's clearly the worst Joker of all time. I mean, he didn't have. Let's see what what happens if he gets uh, you know, <laughs> more. I don't know if he's going to be back in another movie or what, but maybe it'll be better then. Um. But I also hated the cameos which of Batman, which I thought I would have enjoyed when I heard about them. But man, it was it was all sort of forced, like like everything, even the main characters. Yeah, but it was so quick. It was like here's his backstory. Flash to uh, Deadshot's walking with his daughter down a hallway. Oh, out of nowhere, Batman jumps in and. And all just as quickly he's gone, and they do it again, where he just like comes out of nowhere, and it's just so. The pacing is so off; <laughs> you don't even get a chance to like breathe it in or appreciate what's happening before it's on to the next crazy thing. Yeah, the whole thing just—I mean, we haven't even talked. There's technically a main plot that's about right. The actual villain. <laughs> Yeah, which is just so uninteresting the whole time. Yeah, I guess uh, Joel Kinnaman, he plays uh, Rick Flagg, who is just like a regular soldier who's leading them. And um, his girlfriend also happens to be possessed by a demon, (laughs) Enchantress, and she takes over, and she's going to do demon-esque magic shit to the world and it's so 
what such a waste of potential where this is like a down and gritty supervillain team and basically it just turns into any superhero movie where they have to save the world from an all-powerful being like what was the difference between having them fight the enchantress or getting the justice league yeah you know like i don't know really disappointed in just the last act of the movie like it, as bad as the first and second acts are, at least they're kind of fast-paced and easy yeah, to get through. Always forgivable if you close it out. Right, right, right. Or not forgivable, but you know. Yeah, it would have had its merits. Fifteen million of them? No, that's the last episode. Um, but actually, the other positive thing I can say about it is I really liked Viola Davis as. Amanda Waller. She deserved to be in a better movie. <laughs> I thought it was. I mean, I've heard a lot of people give her a lot of praise, and I thought she was good, but she didn't blow me away or anything like that. Well, no, she didn't blow me away, but I mean, if this was a competent movie, you wouldn't even notice her because she just did the job she was supposed to do, but because everything else is so wacky, she stood out to me just because. Like, she was the only one who maybe they couldn't edit it to pieces. I don't know. Like, I could see her. She's the only, all right, I'll put it like this. She's the only one I can see living on in the DC Extended Universe and being able to take seriously. Like, Everybody in the movie? Yeah, I feel like she could show up in Justice League or <clears throat> or the next Batman or Superman movie and it would make sense tonally. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. It's all right. And, course, I mean, uh, I don't know. I could see a couple of the, I personally can see the Joker, but I don't know. I could see just from movie wise him being the Joker, but I don't know if they'd like work with him again or whatever. I could see Harley Quinn. She does look a lot like Harley Quinn though. Yeah. She does, and I could see her too. But I think they she is have, a good actress. She, oh, she's a. I think she's a very good actress. I just think they would have to make some minor changes to her to, <clears throat> to bring her back. Oh uh, well, I can see that. I mean, I'm cool with them evolving, like and all that. But I don't know. They still made a ton of money. I can't see them. Yeah, the, they'll but. they'll never just learn from the critical response. They'll say, "What? It made money. Who gives a shit?" Or they'll. Uh, Try to get Will Smith again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, but yeah, last thing on Amanda Waller, I did love the scene when she just like cold-heartedly kills all of her employees, like shoots them all, and it's like they didn't have access. Yeah, because you you made it, you never gave it to them. Like that was so random, but kind of badass at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that scene, but at the same time, I thought it. It was a little over the top for her. Yeah, definitely. She's like the only one that's shown like actually killing people. Yeah. Yeah, she should be the only one that's actually eligible for Suicide Squad. I mean, she's the one that brought them there to do that job. And then she's like, what? They don't have clearance. Another thing that was so bad is that how many times did they say, and we're the bad guys? <laughs> oh, we're the bad guys, didn't you know? 
Yeah. I bet you a lot of that stuff is that the reshoots. Yeah, it had to be. Because they weren't acting like bad guys, so they had to keep saying it over and over again. They just were acting like a regular team. So weird, but yeah. Um, you think there'll be a sequel? You think we'll get some spin-offs? Or are they just going to continue doing what they're doing? I'm not sure if there'll be a direct sequel, but I can see them. I think they said there's going to be a Harley Quinn. Best from it. I think there's going to be a Harley Quinn spinoff. I could see that. I, I just yeah. don't have any faith that DC is going to make any good movies. Yeah, I, no. I, I mean, I hate to say it. Like I don't want to sound like a Marvel fanboy, but I just. I don't know, but I mean, we do forget that we just got over like one of the better trilogies. Like period. True. And if they were going to, you know, t- take it from there and spin it out to a bigger world. I think world. DC should just do their own thing and let Marvel do their own thing. Yep, I completely agree. But they had it right there. All they had to do was take Joseph Gordon-Levitt and make him the new Batman. And they could, you know, tr- go towards the Justice League from that. And still keep the same vibe. I don't know. I can already see people getting excited for Wonder Woman, and I just have a feeling that they're going to sell a bunch of shit for the trailers and then not deliver again. Yeah. It, I mean, I know you like the first Captain America, but I keep getting reminded of that. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the world is wonder. Yeah. about the look? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot else to say about Suicide Squad. I just... It's uh, it's so bad. I just wish it had more going for it. I wanted yeah, to... It's definitely a movie you want to like more than you do. Yeah, I wanted to be surprised. I wanted to be the guy that's like, come on, people, it's not that bad, but it really is. Yeah, I would give it... A four out of ten. Wow. Give it a five. <laughs> All right. You loved it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our top five Jared Leto movies. This was interesting. Uh, without even thinking about it, I never I didn't realize I'd only seen nine Jared Leto movies. I didn't realize I hadn't seen that many either. Yeah, I just, he's a guy that I i know of. I just assumed I had seen more than that. But, but. So I, I mean, I have some couple glaring gaps, like maybe so I should see with him in it. Yeah, there were a couple that I'm like, oh, yeah, I should watch that movie. But, yeah, I, but still, I had a pretty solid top five. He's been in some good stuff. You want to start? Yeah, I'll start it off. Uh, my number five is a movie directed by David Fincher from the mid-2000s, right before he really went on this great run that he's on. It's a solid movie. It's got Jodie Foster and Kristen Stewart, and Jared Leto plays the bad guy. It's Panic Room. This is. Uh, the, do you remember this movie? It's more just like I a, remember. I never saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's more like just a action thriller type thing. Uh, and it's effective at what it's trying to do. 
I just nowadays when I hear David Fincher, I think this is a movie that's destined for my top ten of the year. And Panic Room wasn't that, but still a very good movie. Next, my number five, maybe sacrilegious after what we just said, but I'm giving it suicide. Oh shit! I told you you loved it. But I don't know. I do think if he was like a main protagonist, and they were willing to maybe go R-rate it, he'd be a great checker. I mean, what the fuck was with that scene when they're jumping into like acid? Well, apparently, from deleted scenes and all, that is more, like, built up towards. Okay. But it's about, I'm pretty sure that she goes through all this shit, and then he just, like, kind of rejects her, and then she just... I just, like... I don't know. Like, how does that not kill her? And then he jumps in, no problem. What are the colors swirling around it? I, I just was really confused by that. Uh, maybe that's just symbolically like her hair. But. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm not saying <laughs> the context of all the scenes with him make total sense in the movie, but I liked him individually. Defend your number five. <laughs> yeah. Now, we can move on. But uh, my number four is Dallas Buyers Club, the movie where he... He won the uh, Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, I believe, for this performance. Pretty sure. Uh, oh, this yeah. is the glaring hole in my list. Yeah, it's a really good movie. I think it's a little overrated, but it's well made. He, I can't complain about his performance here at all. He nails it. He he does a great job. Um, yeah, it's just it's super solid. Seven and a half out of ten. Seven or seven and a half. Not as great as some people say, but certainly a movie worth checking out. It definitely should be on my must-watch list, I guess. Oh. My number four? four is also a movie you're going to disagree with me about. Uh-oh. Um, Alright, I'll say it first. It's Alexander. I've never seen it. It's not well-reviewed. Yeah, I do know that. Colin Firth, right? Or not Colin Firth, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't disagree with why people wouldn't like the movie, but this was like, at one point, one of the only either Blu-ray or DVDs that I had, and it was like the extended cut. And I don't know, something grew on me about it. I would just always put it on when I was like, going to sleep. Through a bunch of times watching it, I like it more. Yeah, it sounds like Alexander for you is like Troy for me because I think they came out around the same time, and I kind of loved that movie when I first saw it when I was younger and probably dumber, and I haven't watched it. Yeah, I rewatched it recently. Uh, probably would change my opinion a lot, but it's yeah, that same. actually the thing I bought. It had Troy and Alexander. <laughs> really? That's funny. And I thought I really liked Troy, and I went back and watched it. It was like, this is not a very good movie. Yeah, it's not. I'm trying. I'm avoiding the rewatch just because I know what's going to happen. It's going to be the perfect storm effect where a movie I thought I loved is actually pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, my number three, my top three is 
super solid here. Uh, number three, American Psycho, one of Christian Bale's best movies, and just an awesome little psychological flick. Uh, you're breaking up so much, it sounds like you're speaking a different language. Maybe I am. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Alright, one sec. But, yes, my number three was American Psycho. I'm sure you've seen this one. I haven't. You haven't? Well, fuck Dallas Buyers Club. This well, is the I mean, one you need to watch. It might be something I saw like on TV when I was younger. Or not oh. that much younger, but you know what I mean. Oh my god, this is the movie that put Christian Bale on my radar. Um, and maybe another one, I don't know how it holds up because I haven't watched it in a while. But I think this will hold up much better than than um, Troy of all movies. But yeah, oh. you got to check it out. I think with this happening in this movie is the fact that I screen out horror movies of any kind. I wouldn't say this is a horror I know movie. it's not now, like in retrospect, but I think before I knew, I probably just put it in that category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly has some horrific aspects to it, but it's just... Uh... I mean, I like thrillers, but I just don't like... Yeah, it seems like a movie I'd like, I guess. I think so. It's a hard one to categorize, but definitely check it out. What's your number three? My number three is Lord of War. It's an honorable mention for me. It's a really good Nicolas Cage movie. Actually, interesting enough, same situation the first year I lived in, away from here, in Ocean City. I only had like two DVDs with me. Playing my Xbox, and <laughs> ended up being just background music. <laughs> yes. Darts. <laughs> what background music? It plays Metalli and tries to do Kilo Coke for like a month. It's <laughs> enough to say. Yeah, that is that's an underrated movie. I feel like. But, yeah, it's cool. It's based on a true story, too. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. It's sort of like how The Departed is about, like, Whitey Bulger. Right, yeah. And if you tell me you haven't seen my number two, I'm going to hang up on you. Alright. Fight Club. Also, my number two. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, this is a classic. Um,. David Fincher again. He likes using um, Jared Leto in supporting roles, I guess. But this one is all about Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Dual personality. You know the drill. It's great on a just a visceral, like, action, like, thrilling type of way. And also on a psychological, more deeper meaning, man. It's a cool movie. Yeah, it's very cool. Very, very cool. And a classic. Yeah. And again, another one I haven't rewatched in a while. I guess I, I just don't rewatch movies that often. And this on Blu-ray. Nice. Noise. Uh, I always forget to use it. <laughs> can guarantee our number one is the same. Because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably my top 20. And I know you love it as well. 
go ahead and do the honors. Requiem for a dream. Oh. I was gonna say... Oh, I got nothing. Yeah, it's Requiem for a dream. <laughs> Just a classic. One of my favorite movies ever. Yep. I love the way Darren Aronofsky is all style and still substance. Abuse. Substance abuse. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, just a great, great movie. Love the score, love the cinematography, love the acting, everything. It's amazing, isn't it? It is the best anti-drug commercial you'll ever find. And it's all about drugs. Yeah. Yep, addiction and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie, but it's super dark. So I wouldn't recommend it to your mom. But it's, I've heard uh, a handful of people say they don't like this movie because it is too dark. Yeah, I've heard it. I just don't agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't listen. Yeah. Well, I can understand it, I guess. You know, not everything is for everyone. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number one. That's your number one, Jared Leto. You should reteam with Darren Aronofsky. Maybe that's the moral of the story. Yeah, well, well, he's got a movie coming out, doesn't he? Uh, Jack. That's him. I don't know if that's Darren Aronofsky. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I gotta look it up because <laughs> I will either get really excited or really depressed based on the outcome here. I've heard Jackie's good, regardless. So, the directed by Pablo Lorraine. Uh, maybe he was just a... Yeah, maybe he's a producer or something. Yeah, I thought they had his name attached to Could be, yeah. Still want to see that movie regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so... What else did you watch this week? Anything? Um... Uh, trying to think. Not really. Alright, well... We could talk a little bit of Westworld. I mean, probably in the yeah, next... Yeah, I was trying to think of anything but Westworld. But <laughs> yeah. I've been re-watching the episodes usually a few times. Yeah, I mean, I I continue... I'm still on the train that we've been saying every time that every single episode gets better and better. Maybe it's just my investment in it is growing more and more, but I actually feel... I just feel like each episode gets progressively... Better each time out. It's interesting how that happens with these new shows where at first it's like a, a curiosity that you're just sort of enjoying the ride and then you start yeah, becoming I th- invested in what's actually happening. Right, yeah. Same thing happened to me with Breaking Bad. And actually I've been watching, like, I'm into the middle of season three of Shameless and I'm liking that more and more. I think, yeah, I think it's just you get used to the show, you get more invested and. Probably. Yeah, that's what I always try to tell people about Shameless in particular. Yeah, you were right. You were right. I'm still. I'm not watching every episode because it's like becomes my wife's show where we'll watch it when we're laying in bed, and I'll fall asleep at some point, and she watches like an extra episode to me. But I'm still enjoying it a lot more now. But yeah, I'm. I'm having. I like. I'm sure if I rewatched the whole season, I would see all the great things I love about it like from the first episode on but 
as it stands. I, it's my love for the show is just growing and growing. So uh, every so often, I'm almost about to do it again. It's The Wire. I always kind of like doubt in my head, even though I say it's the best show ever made. You just gotta reaffirm that every once in a while. Actually, I think the first one, the corner, is really well made too. Just kind of underrated. Yeah. Have you seen The Sopranos? I have not seen every episode chronologically. Okay. I was wondering if maybe we could come up with the segment every once in a while. Like I was going to say, because I've never seen a single second of The Sopranos. I was going to say maybe we could like. I would be down with watching The Sopranos. Yeah, like, we could watch, like, try to catch up, and then after we've both seen the whole first season, we could do a little mini thing where we talk about it, but maybe that's more, we should talk about this off the record, but, but just an idea <laughs> of, of something we could do with, like, trying to catch up with classic movies or TV. Behind the scenes section. Yes, yes, a little inside baseball here. Um, but yeah, I don't want to get into too many specifics because i'm sure we'll really talk about it more in two two weeks when the season finale airs but yeah westworld i'm loving mave mave is the best character great she is growing more and more every episode yeah i'm actually rooting for her like i want her to kill everybody and escape <laughs> you know but the whole thing is Becoming more clear and more of a mindfuck at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And no spoilers, but I saw some things coming, and then I, but I really didn't see them revealing it so soon with some of the stuff and, and how well it was done. But yeah, I don't know. It's no sense talking vagaries. So yeah, just loving the Westworld right now. All right, I watched a few movies. I'll just try to go through here. I watched Hell or High Water. This is a movie that's getting a ton of love. It came out, I think, early summer or late spring or something like that. It's got Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Um, oh, yeah. They play brothers who are robbing banks. And then Jeff Bridges plays the sheriff who's, like, on to him, trying to catch him and... It's a really, really good. Uh, it yeah, I remember wanting to see this. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I don't know if we'll have time to do a full review of it, but I'd definitely like to hear your thoughts. I I think it definitely lives up to hype for me. All the performances are great. Like I just, It feels like a Jeff Nichols movie to me, the way that it's shot. It's shot by, or it's directed by, uh, I think it's... David, uh, David McKenzie, uh, he's a guy that directed one of my favorite movies from a, a year or two ago, Start Up. Um, just, I'm really, an eye, a guy to keep your eye out on, just for me, if anytime he comes out with a movie now, I'm going to be interested, just because his style, just the tone he brings to a movie, it, it, like I said, reminds me of Jeff, Jeff Nichols, where it's super down to earth, but has this almost like um mystic quality to it it's it's like a western thriller just great Pretty stuff cool. yeah great stuff it's, it's brutal it's amazing yeah yeah it i don't know it's not amazing it's not like it it's maybe borderline top 10 of the year i don't know we'll see 
But it's definitely one of the great movies of 2016. So highly recommend that. Um, I watched Kubo and the Two Strings. This is the Leica animated uh, film. Same guys that did Coraline and uh, Paranorman, Box Trolls. Okay. Yeah, they got that unique claymation style. And I this is I've liked all their movies to a certain extent. I would have said Coraline was my favorite before this, but now I, I gotta give it to Kubo. Uh, nice. it's uh I think we watched the trailer for this in pre judgment day back in the day. Uh it's got Matthew McConaughey playing uh, alright, there's this kid, it's all clay animation, but a kid who has a guitar that can kinda uh, it's a little bit of magic. He can make things <laughs> move and and all. It, uh, hard to explain, but he something happens where he's taken away from his parents, and he's on this little jer- spiritual journey with a beetle that comes to life, played by Matthew McConaughey, and a monkey, played by Charlize Theron, and basically just goes on a little hero's journey and. Uh, there's some surprises and it's just really it's really well done the it's beautiful visually and it has some humor to it it's got some heart got some cool action beats uh, I definitely highly recommend it it's up there as far as animated movies go for 2016 give it an 8 out of 10 I'd give Hell or High Water 8.5 out of 10 I don't know if I said that or not yet but uh, let's see I watched Pete's Dragon. Oh, yeah. This is your reserve from the summer box office draft, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, this was a low-key. I was going into this. I wasn't super interested in it. I didn't think the trailer looked all that great. Um, I'd heard good things, but just nothing about it really piqued my interest. But, you know, the kids are home. This seems like a movie they could get behind. There's a freaking dragon in it, a friendly dragon. Uh, but I really liked the movie. I liked it a lot. It's probably one of the bigger surprises for me this year. Um, just really authentic feeling to it, the way it's shot. Um, I don't know. It it takes itself seriously, but not too seriously. has a ton of heart. I think the performances are all fun. The dragon's great. It almost has a little bit of how to train your dragon aspect where he's more like a dog, like a pet dog or something. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it didn't blow my mind. It, like, it's not amazing, but for what it is, I think it's as good as you could ever ask it to be. Um, yeah, so strong 7.5 out of 10 for that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'd recommend it. <laughs> also, I would recommend Sully. Uh Clint Eastwood's latest with Tom Hanks in the starring role. I'm not going to go too deep into it because I feel like this is a movie that maybe we could review in a few weeks or a month or so. But I did like it. I was surprised because Clint Eastwood's been on a bit of a downslope lately. He didn't like American Sniper all that much or really anything he's made for the past five, ten years almost. Uh, but this was very enjoyable. Sully. Yeah. And last, yeah, I didn't. I remember not hearing much about it until Rick Burr came out. Yeah, it kind of came and went. I mean, it's not like super significant, but I, I really think it's effective at what it's going for. 
I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that one too. And last, and yes, least, uh, I watched the documentary Lo and Behold, Reveries of the Connected World. This is a Werner Herzog documentary, which I was actually excited to watch because I'd heard good things about it. It's his unique take on just, maybe I should have talked about this on the Black Mirror episode, but his take on like technology and the internet and the good and bad places it could take us and sounded super interesting on paper and it's not bad it's just it's kind of sleepy it's a little boring uh pretty plain i don't it like for documentaries i have a hard time with just the basic like talking head documentaries they just don't really grab my attention unless the subject matter is really crazy yeah yeah i agree it's just like I don't know, it just felt like homework, almost a little bit, not completely, but I don't know, it's not bad. It's worth checking out if you're into documentaries, but just if you're not super into documentaries, it's it's not like something you need to go out and see. But I'd give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's just ho-hum, documentary stuff. I feel bad. I have to be in the mood to like... Yeah. I gotta be documentary mood. Yeah, I I feel bad because I I do like there are a lot of documentaries that I love, but then there's just a large swath where I'm like, I know p- this is good, like I know this is like a well-made documentary, but it's just not doing much for me. I don't know. I feel like I'm not the biggest documentary guy, but I'm trying to get there. And last thing before I go, I, I go. Jesus, we go. It's pre-judgment day, a segment we haven't had in a little bit, but we're bringing it back. Yeah, we're ready to prejudge stuff. Yeah, uh, Arnold is here. He's back in time. He's got the shades on. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> we got a few movie trailers to talk about. First up, it's the Pixar trilogy, the second trilogy. I believe, after Toy Story, that will be completed. Cars 3. A series that I don't have much interest in at all. I think both of those movies are just at the bottom of my Pixar rankings. I, they're just too much like generic kids' movies for, for me the more than Pixar movies. I was really surprised that they announced they were making a third one. Yeah, I was too. I guess they make a lot of money for them, so... Shouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. But I do... I am kind of interested in... Uh, this was a great trailer for something I wasn't really interested interested in at all. Like, it's just a quick minute-long teaser. But it's almost like um, that movie Rush or uh, the documentary Senna where you're just, like, in a POV of Lightning McQueen as he's racing around a track. It, it looks great. Yeah, it's almost, it does look good. It's almost like dark and gritty version of Cars where he crashes and it's like things will be changed forever as he's like doing this crazy crash where he's flipping and landing on his the top. And it's like, damn, where's this kids movie series going? Yeah. But I'm um, sure it's going to be a lot more generic in the reality of things. Yeah, I was going to say... Um, this hasn't sold me yet. 
No, I'm not sold, but it definitely was a cool teaser. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it looked great. Yeah, visually, definitely. Yeah. I hope that's like how the movie looks the whole way. And I hope Mater is not in it, because that guy sucks. Right. <laughs> I'm one of the few people who actually liked Cars 2 better than Cars 1. Did you see it? I can't remember. If yeah. I've seen both of them or not. Uh, or, I don't the, know. The second one's more I've like... I've watched all of one of my movies. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you don't have to. The second one's more like a spy, international spy movie. It's crazy. It makes no sense at all. Like, but I, I just, I had more fun with it, even though neither of them are very good at all. All right. So next we have Kong: Colon Skull Island, a movie I really didn't have a, give a second thought to. I mean, I, the first trailer piqued my interest, but then I immediately forgot about it and. I don't know. It's just I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it. I don't for whatever reason it just doesn't stick in my mind when I'm thinking about movies I'm looking forward to next year. But that's changed because this was an amazing trailer. I felt I really liked what they did. Where in the first one, the Kong reveal is like at the end where it's the big moment, but here it's there's obviously more to it than that. And it's just I like the way it looks. I like the cast. I like just the action looks awesome just in the trailer alone. What do you think? It, it always looks too good to be true. Yeah, it really does. It's almost got like a, what's the Apocalypse Now vibe with the helicopters. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks impressive. I'm surprised how good like the gorilla looks with the scale. Yeah, the scale is great. And I love that they're setting this up to eventually be King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Like, that's why they had to make the scale big. But now I'm really excited for that. But more than that, I'm just excited for this movie. Oh, yeah. I like... I'm, I'm more excited about seeing this scale than... Yeah. The, the, the matchup. Yeah, I mean, I actually like the design of the whatever they're called a skeleton crusher or whatever walkers skeleton walkers yeah. now that I say it out loud it sounds pretty dumb <laughs> uh, John Goodman's great <laughs> yeah. but yeah um, super looking forward to this all of a sudden which I, I already forget when it comes out what spring or summer yeah it'll probably end up being summer yeah I will, I'll prejudge it a 8 out of 10 yeah, I'll give it a, um, a 7.5. Alright, a little more reserved. I like it. Uh, Cars 3, by the way, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, yeah, 5.5. <laughs> Alright. You always got to underbid me. You're like that guy on the Price is Right. Who bids Price is Right rules. <laughs> $1. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't say uh, 0. 0.5. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, last one, the comedian with uh, Bobby De Niro, Robert De Niro as a jackass old comedian who I don't even know. He's got to go to his uh, niece's wedding or something, and then he meets a woman played by Leslie Mann. Didn't completely 
get what the movie was exactly going for by the trailer, but I don't know. You go first. Yeah, um, first off, it's a movie that I feel like I'm going to want to like, but I, who knows if it will deliver, but it's sort of like he meets this girl and just through chance gets booked, I think doing like a comedy show for like retired people. Right, Real right. vulgar and all, and I guess he ends up just doing his regular act, and they put it on YouTube. He all of a sudden later in life starts becoming this kind of star. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure what the whole movie's supposed to be about, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Um, maybe it's just a badly put together trailer. I, I'm not super uninterested in it that was a weird double negative type thing but yeah. I, I don't know like I, it seems like one of these movies where we're like yeah it could be good but then we just completely forget about it until it's been out for two years yeah exactly <laughs> what I was thinking too it's almost like what Bill Murray is to St. Vincent this is like Robert De Niro's <laughs> version almost uh, I'm going to say six and a half. I bet you it's going to be decent, but not as good as it could be. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a six and a half as well. Alright, I'm surprised you didn't say six and uh, <laughs> cut yeah, me out I'm at the knees. I'm to be fair about this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if you're going to watch a Robert De Niro movie where he plays a comedian, just go watch The King of Comedy, which is a great Martin Scorsese movie. Good recommendation. Yes, that's what I'm here for. But yes, that'll do it for us on this episode of the podcast. You know what to do. If you made it this far, you can ignore my pleas to email us at the Report <laughs> at yahoo.com. You could follow us. Some people do that. I'm at the Oriole Report. That's um, your cue. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say another one. I know. Right, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I change it up sometimes. I'm a Redbox reporter. Uh, the podcast is at the Redbox Report. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Do us a solid. Uh, yeah. Until yeah. next time, I'm not sure what the next episode will be about, but I'm sure it will be something amazing, something epic, and something you will be looking forward to. So. It might be a movie. <laughs> it might be a movie. Keep an eye out on your iTunes subscription. And we'll see you I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. It's a musical, musical, Chau